Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. All right, all right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Normal 40, the podcast. Hey, before we get into this episode, I wanted to share a little something behind the scenes that maybe you'll find interesting. Um, and doing some self-reflection, I can tell you that I sure do. We're going to play you part three. If you've been following along, you'll know this. Part three of a conversation that I've been having with Jeff Donaldson. Jeff is a guy who contacted me in September. We did a little rambling. Um, we talked again in October of 2022, we did a little bit more rambling. And those are the two podcasts that you've heard in the last two weeks. This podcast we recorded this is last week and Adam joins the conversation now and Jeff joins the conversation as well. And we have a three-way conversation and we recorded this last week. And sometime after that podcast, shortly after that podcast, I started to have real second thoughts, real reservations about sharing it. I started to think that um, maybe it wasn't the right time for some of this content. Maybe it wasn't the right message. And to be honest, I was really wrestling with what you were going to take away from it. I I remember reaching out to Adam and I said, hey, give me, Adam, Adam does all the work. Let's be honest. Adam does all the work in this podcast. We know it. Um, and I reached out and I said, Adam, can you send me the the audio? I want to listen to that. And, uh, and he shot me a note and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I just don't know. Something in my gut isn't sitting right for the first time ever. I've never questioned anything I've put out there. I've never questioned any of the content we've had for this podcast, but I was questioning this conversation in this podcast. So he sent it to me and he said, well, let me know what you're thinking. And then we can talk about it. So I listened to it and then I slept on it. And then I shot Adam a note and I said, we're not going to play it. And he said, okay, can you tell me why? And I said, yeah, I feel like the podcast needs to lead. They It needs to deliver people from where they are to someplace forward. It needs to take them from this place that that they, they've got these feelings and these this angst and this emotion, and it's got to take them from wherever they are to one inch. One inch is all we need, one inch forward. And I said, as I listen to this, I don't know that it moved that inch. I don't know that I can I can look back at this podcast and say, this helps someone move from point A to point B, even if point B is one half of a step in front of point A. And I said, I just, I, and there's foul language. There's more foul language than we normally do. It was just kind of too much of nothing. And Adam shut a note back and he said, okay, I get it. Um, there's definitely some nuggets in there though, that we should mine out. And, uh, and if it's not sitting well, we won't do it. Well, so that was the plan as of last night, we weren't going to have a podcast for you today. And then I got a text message overnight from Jason who I'm sure is listening. And Jason said that he had just finished the last two podcasts, the ones with Jeff. 
And he said he found himself in an airplane doing something he'd never done, being emotional about the changes he is making in his life because of normal 40 and feeling a connection to Jeff's story and believing that if he'd have heard this story just a little bit earlier than he did, maybe he'd have started earlier. And that was my omen. That was all I needed. Between Adam's probing and reminding me that there's nuggets in there and Jason, uh, just another dude who's come, uh, you find along the normal 40 highway showed up for me. You're going to get to hear this podcast. Look, um, when I told Adam just this morning, Hey dog, we're going to, we're going to drop this thing tomorrow and I'm going to do a, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a lead in. He said, what changed your mind? And, uh, and I said, look, uh, actually it was this post from Jason. And he said, you know what? Here's the deal, Lon. You reminded me that not every podcast is going to meet everyone right where they are. But if your mission is to help a thousand guys, sometimes that's done one at a time. And if this podcast helps just one guy, then we've, we've, we're on mission. Normal 40 is on mission. That's doing what it's supposed to do. So look, I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a little bit different. This might not find all of you. It might not move all of you one inch forward, but if it reaches just one of you, if it moves just one of you from where you are to one half a step forward, we are on mission. And I am glad you're here. My name is Lon Stroshine, founder of the Normal 40. We're going to get into the podcast. I am super glad you're here. I'm going to see you on the next page. Welcome, one and all, to Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam. I am going to be your co-pilot today. And as always, I'm joined by the lead pilot, the founder of the Normal 40 movement, a man whose goal is to inspire a thousand people to live their second half story. His name is Lon Strohshine. Lon, greetings, my good friend. How are you on this fine, lovely day? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Adam? I am doing fantastic. I'm really pumped up for this episode of Normal 40. Um, if you've been following along, and if you haven't, shame on you, but you can always rectify that right now by hitting the subscribe button on whatever player or platform you're enjoying this episode on, and then we will be friends. So feel free to hit subscribe, and, and you'll be Lon and my best friend at this point. But Lon, I'm really excited because if you've been on this journey, you're about to hear a, a, a basically a trilogy, right? This is part three of a, of a three-episode arc all centered around a dude that we all need to know and a dude that I think we've all gotten to know over the past couple of weeks. His name is Jeff Donaldson, and he's, he's with us. I'll bring him in in a second, Lon. But, but before we get to Jeff, talk a little bit about what this, um, you know, what this, what this episode, what the goal of this episode is in your mind and sort of what you've taken away so far from the feedback and, and the information you've gotten by the ability to, to share Jeff's rambles with the world. Because we talk about a ramble a lot on this show. And if you've listened along, you've heard that word probably 6.25 million times. But now you got to experience not one, but two of them. And I'm curious, Lon, what your reaction has been, what you've thought since Jeff's rambles have been released out there to the public. Well, my observation is that um, it's a ramble. I mean, this, this whole thing, the whole journey is, is a ramble. And the thing that I want people to know is, is while, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, while Jeff's journey is unique because it's his, it's not unique. Everybody who is going through this process, this change, this point in their life where they, there's something that isn't quite clicking. It isn't held together quite like it used to be. It's not as joyous as you thought it would be by this point. All those things that you go through in this, in this awkward stage of, of uh, midlife, this transition, 
everybody wants it to just be fixed. You want to read a book and fix it. You want to take a pill and fix it. You want to start a workout and fix it. You want to talk to a, one person and fix it. And you want, you want it done immediately. You want it done in hours. I'm no different. I was no different. But I'm, I'm telling you that the whole, it's a process. It's not a fix. And it, I don't call it a discovery call. I don't call it a, a fix it tour. I call it a ramble because that's exactly what's going to happen. Nobody, not one single person has ever hopped on a call and have we got from start to finish in an hour or an hour and a half and we're like, okay, solved. I know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I feel better. I'm going to go fix these 10 things and I'll talk to you in a month. It's never happened. It is a journey and a process. So what I want people to take away from this with Jeff, I want them to be lost in it a little bit. I want them to listen to it and go, what, what is this guy even talking about? Where's, where's normal 40? Where's this conversation taking him? And why is it so why is it wandering around as much as it is? But I'm here to tell you, it's all part of the journey. And so what I want people to take out of this is that um, Jeff is just on that journey. He's just, he's just going down. The difference between Jeff and about 99% of everyone else is that he let us share it. And the interesting thing is, is Jeff told us just before this call um, that he hasn't gone back and listened to him, which I thought is just, I, I can't wait to ask him about that. Um, but uh, he said he hasn't gone back and listened listen to, the, to the episodes. And one more thing, he hasn't asked to listen to them since we recorded them six months ago. So it's not yeah. like he had to filter, screen, everything that was posted, he allowed Normal 40 to put out there just to demonstrate the journey that that we go through while we're trying to while we're trying to figure some of these things out we should uh, share with the audience we're going to bring jeff in here in a second we have not rehearsed anything this is this is this is literally unscripted um there's no agenda here there are no set list of questions it's literally going to be three dudes just kind of cutting it up talking about a few different things a few different factors so everything you're about to experience is uh, is also going to be the first time that we experience and let's do that now let's bring in jeff donaldson uh, who will now join us here as, on the show if you're on the video you saw jeff's lovely uh, face pop into the screen here if you're on audio trust me jeff popped into the screen here uh, and jeff <laughs> let me start with this first and, and so i've got a unique position here in that i wasn't a part of the rambles so i got to kind of listen along with the rest of the world as you sort of you know shared a lot of intimate things with lon and had a lot of great conversations my first question to you is, why the hell would you do that? Why would you let Lon put these out in the world like that, Jeff? Why, do, why would you be willing to have the courage to say, hey, you know what? Air all of my dirty laundry, air all of my inner thoughts and emotions, put them out there for the world to hear. Why on earth would you do that, Jeff? First of all, I don't remember what we talked about. So you called it dirty laundry. Now I'm nervous that there's some stuff <laughs> in there that probably the airwaves. Uh, um, I say that there's been a tiny part of me my whole life that has wanted, for sure, a big part of me that's wanted to shake things up a lot of different ways, you kid. Um, but uh, that's wanted to be kind of like a teacher or a helper in that way, but never, never went the journey and became that as a person like that. So this was a stretch that was like, I love to share. I'm basically no topic is off topic for me. Um, and I love to ask questions. I get nervous when people ask me tough questions, but I love to ask questions to others that will shake it up a little bit. And then that, like when he, when he brought that up um, about putting it out there, I thought that kind of hit the, maybe that can tea or help or 
others can learn from it. I wish there are, I'm 51 now and every five to seven years I go through phases and I wish I had had sources like this um, in my forties and my thirties. I'm at that age now where I'm starting to reflect back a lot um, as I see my kids grow up and I'm like, Oh shit, I really am 51. Uh, and so that's the other piece is like, this stuff didn't exist. Podcast didn't exist when I was 40. And, and um, I wish somebody, some dude had put shit out there. He was scared to put it, scared to say, because that would at least shown me that this is a dude, that this is, it, it, it's scary. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're not masculine. It doesn't mean you're not a dude. If you say things like this, if you say things like this, and I've been many examples, out there and just like a lot of say with races and different ages if they don't see someone like them doing something like Beyonce's paved the way or women's soccer players have paved the way or all these um you know uh role models they've said they hadn't ever seen anybody put things out there or do things until they did it that was kind of part of it too was i would dudes to just be able to hear a dude say it or to say it and then they could they can try it themselves. I, I got to tell you, I did not have you comparing yourself to Beyonce as part of this particular episode, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got there. Lon, let me blow the camera. You'd see what I'm wearing. I'm going to take your word for it. Lon, let me kick it over to you. Um, you hear <laughs> what thousands of rambles, uh, you know, in, in your time so far, no more 40. And, and I know uh, you take a, a lot of diligent notes and I know you're always th kind of thinking, what was it about your conversation with Jeff that when you when you disconnected from that Zoom call, right when you put that pen down, that you said, "Man, this this dude's different. This this story's different." What kind of resonated with you after you had your conversations with Jeff? A lot of people are curious about Normal Forty and uh, the process as it relates to them and what they're feeling, and they're curious about how I'm able to put words together that fit them. That was that was that was Jeff, and that's most people. Um, what was uniquely different about Jeff from going back to the first call, and I, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but going back to the first call, he was uniquely interested in the business um, and not the profit and loss of it, not, not, not the dollars and cents of it, um, the business of helping, the business of being vulnerable, the business of accepting that there's going to be a downside to showing up uniquely vulnerable for dudes who really need a guide. And he was so fascinated about how I'm doing it and how maybe, just maybe he could help. And he, he came across it with his skills and his background and his marketing and his understanding uh, and his business savvy in the nonprofit and loss sense of a business, um, wondering how he can be helpful. And he would, he would, he really did challenge me. And at some point, maybe we'll, we'll play the, the rest of the rambles where we're talking normal 40, it's traditional normal 40 ramble. And, um, it was, it was interesting to me and fascinating and helpful. It was actually helpful to me to think through normal 40 like that. So when I got done, um, two things hit me, the guy, the guy was curious enough to want to be a part of it. And he, he expressed that, but two, he wouldn't let me go at him. He always put the shield up. 
He always, when it was time, it's like, yeah, hey, thanks for your help. Let's talk about you. The shield came up. It's like, he, and, and it was ping pong. And I would, I would, I would try to ask him a question and he'd deflect it back. And he didn't want to be the one answering the questions as much as he wanted to be the one helping me answer my own questions. So I'm like, all right, there's, there's another layer here. There's another layer. And that's what, that was episode one. Episode two was, let's, let's dig into that layer. And even episode two took us just about 50 five zero minutes before he quit talking about me before we can get into him. And that was fascinating to me uh, and different and different than, than a lot of other rambles that I've had. So Jeff, I'd love you to respond to that. So Lon essentially saying, Hey, you, you had some, uh, maybe a little bit of a little bit of a guard up there. What are your um, true false? Do you, when you, when you listen back or look back on it now, do you, do you see sort of that perspective and, and where do you think that came from? Is there any truth to, what he said about me deflecting uh, about uh, and yes, of course there is. What I was going to say was the 5% rule was one of the things I brought up to Lon before, which is something that I learned uh, in a group an EO um, YPO and EO type groups where they teach. We live our lives almost entirely in 80% of safety, basically with people when we interact with other humans, even our wives, our kids, and most of the times ourselves, which is, the top, actually 90%, because I can't do the math, the top 5% and the bottom 5%. The top 5% is the positive stuff in your life that is just through the, through the roof positive. It is so amazingly exciting, but you don't share it with anybody for fear of judgment or bragging or whatever it is. Then there's the bottom 5%, and those are the inner, deeper things. And most of the time, you don't even speak to your spouse about those kinds of things. So they're usually, especially for dudes, there isn't anyone on this planet that gets the top 5% and the bottom 5% of us, our thoughts, our fears, our excitements, our joys, our successes, we tone it down and we put it in the, in the 90%. One of the ways that these groups teach anybody, but I, I thought it was fascinating for dudes to learn this is that you immediately go into the 5%. It brings other people in it. Because if I shared something with you guys, and it doesn't mean oversharing, it's not like I'm going to tell you deep dark secrets just for the sake of it, but I could answer this with a kind of PC LinkedIn version of what you just asked, or I could go deeper and I could tell you really the reason that I think. So that's why I wanted to caveat the 5% because I'm not going to totally do that, but I do want to tell you that I am scared shitless of looking at myself, but I get an incredible amount of energy when I see other people do it for themselves. Like, I think I do it selfishly. I want to hear Lon. I want to see Lon or anybody. That's why I asked you, Adam, like, how comfortable are you with this? Because I would love to push you into that zone just so I can see you do it. Because it means then if you guys can do it, then that means that I can do it too, which is answer questions honestly, or reflect on things of my own behaviors and things like that. So now I think I've done it for so many decades. And I think maybe even as a young guy, I did it too, where I don't like talking about myself. I don't like answering shit for myself, but I love to poke at other people, not to put them on the hot seat, but so that I can see that they are like-minded, I guess. Like immediately when Lon and I got on the first call, I was, it, was, it was like a connection of two dudes that are just interested in hearing 
I don't even, we don't even really know where each other lives. Like we kind of, we went right in, not to the demographic shit. Like we didn't really talk about family and kids and that he's a cat person and I'm not and things like that. Um, I saw it crawling around there on the yeah. floor, like a little oh, rat. Fun yeah, fact, yeah, your, 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 no, your cat I'm, hopped on the table person. behind you. Yeah, yeah your cat dude, hopped on the table. You're all agriculture and tractors and shit, and then you got a freaking cat on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that thing. Look at that thing owns the house. <laughs> so this my was, this this thing was not bad idea from the start. Nope. Oh my not on gosh. a Saturday morning because your whole family's there, dude. You're all your secrets are coming out now. Um, I am I, the reason that I spent so much time just look look right there i put all the attention online like i don't want to fucking answer it for myself but it's not it's not necessarily just like me putting up a wall and i won't look at it or talk about it i'm just more excited that i could see somebody else open up and be like wow nobody's maybe also i think a big part of this is dudes don't share show each other much caring you know, mm-hmm. like, because that's not masculine. We show women and kids caring, you know, love languages. But can you fucking imagine if, and I'm about to ask you what your dude, but somebody should create the dude love languages. Like my love, my dude love language to other dudes, other guys, I can only imagine maybe one one hundredth of 1% of dudes I know that would be comfortable talking about that. Because immediately we've been trained to be like, oh, fuck that, you know, or especially like college guys or work mates or whatever. So the fact that I find people that are willing to receive caring or even hear that word, that that like the energy level in my body just goes through the roof where I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's let's talk about all this stuff. So guys don't know how we never were shown and sadly we haven't had the practice at showing or giving or receiving care so when i asked those things to lawn before it was a version of me caring so much i'm learning from it too so there's there's some other self stuff going on self-care and self-interest and curiosity but I more wanted to show him that I cared so freaking much that he had stepped out of his comfort zone to do this and be courageous to put this whole thing together. That's why I spent so much time on it because it matters. It's interesting. An, an observation I had of, of late, actually, Jeff, I'd love to kind of pick your brain on this one too. And, and, and the premise of this is, do you think that if other people saw you do it, they would the, then be empowered to do it themselves? And I'll give you an example. Um, I'll get into this in a future episode, but had some some pretty tough stuff going on my go on in my family recently. And just to your point, there's not a love language. And I literally had a buddy of mine who I've known for 17 years now. And his text message to me was, quote, you good, question mark. And that's how dudes talk, right? You good? Every, every you all right, man? Everything good? And, what, and, and so how do you answer that? But, and I'll tell you, and because I wasn't good, because I was going through some stuff, I literally pecked out a like a two paragraph mm. text message back to him and just kind of laid right. a lot of stuff out. Right. And you know what he did? A three paragraph text message back to me with a lot of deep thoughts and emotions, some things that he had gone through. I followed that up with another two paragraph text message. And before he knew it, we had pretty, pretty much written like three chapters of a book via text message. And what I took away from that was initially he was reluctant to say the things to me that he wanted to say in that second text 
until I opened the door and made it okay yep. for him to talk about that, right? So I'm curious as you think about that and if you frame it differently, do you think that as a, as a dude who's been enlightened, who's understanding this, do you have a responsibility to kind of open that door for your buddy who wants to hit you with the you good text and be like, no, man, that's not how you and I are going to talk. I think you and I have a different relationship. I want this to be different. So I want to invite you to know that you can you can engage me in that kind of conversation. Do you feel a responsibility to that now that you've kind of had some of this enlightening? I don't feel a responsibility. No. I feel an, um, I, um, it's starting to feel like that because I'm realizing with conversations like this, I, that it's so rare. And I've also been learning a lot more about, um, so I have a 17 year old son and daughter, but to see the impact of young dudes, the last generation is so sad to me and to have one of my own and watching it happen and then to think about how my generation of young dudes was raised um and to look at my dad and i'm starting to feel more of a responsibility because i think it's fucking pathetic that we as dudes have personalized and internalized a lot of the shit that is in our minds and our hearts when it wasn't ours to begin with but we are built to try to solve shit and think that the shit is our own everybody's problems are our own and we'll go fix them um so i'm starting to get mad enough that i'm thinking it's my responsibility to crack it open a little bit but right now it's more about so it is actually proven that the level of sharing and interaction and connectedness and vulnerability and all these other things, when someone knows, they, they, they don't always choose to meet the other person there, but when they see, hear, or know that it is safe, that they match the level. And, and this is actually a training tool and facilitation, meeting facilitation, which I did when I was in my early twenties at Coors when I was there was I would go around to distributor beer distributors, like the dudes of the dudes, big beer belly, wealthy beer distributors all over the country. And I was this like spunky marketing guy that was there to help them build their marketing plans and stuff for their local market in the beer business that was generations old. And here comes this douchebag from Colorado. That's like, Hey everybody. But what I had in my back pocket was training to facilitate groups or rooms of like 30 dudes. And what I learned was that there's a facilitation tactic of who you pick when you, when you ask a question to a group, who you pick to answer. So you never just ask for hands and volunteers. You, very, you point out a question or you ask a question to the group. And you specifically pick the people and the third person to go sets the tone for the rest of the freaking answers. And so I don't know why, I don't know why they trained it that way, but it works like magic because the first two people usually answer like, you good? Yep. Good. Yeah. I love beer, you know? And then the third person, the facilitator has already watched them interacting with people in casual conversation or whatever. And they know that that person is not going to just give a surface answer 
Um, sometimes I would set it up so that I would ask a person, hey, I'm going to call on you and I really need you to answer so honestly because that's when the breakthroughs happen. That's when we would, in business, talk about the hard shit, talk about the things that everybody would look around and be like, oh, we're going here. But they would hear a little bit of the dabbling in conversation and then they'd hear the deep conversation. So to your point, you had to have something so big in your life happen to go that deep. If that hadn't happened, if what you were going through hadn't happened, you probably would have been like, yeah, how about you? All good. You know what I mean? And it would have been like a couple texts and you're like, fuck, I just, you felt lonely. You felt like your dude after 17 years didn't freaking get you enough that that's all he could spend on you was like two words. So it's not that I feel a responsibility, but I just think it's fucking pathetic that we can't go there when we want to or need to, you know, he probably had, and I bet he responded in some way that he did have other shit going on that he asked you about, or that you noticed that he was like, yeah, shit's not going so hot or whatever, but he wasn't about to tell you that he was feeling bad because you're the one that has stuff going on. So I just don't think we know how to relate to each other. That's the sad part. I have maybe a slightly different take. I think, um, I think the two words you good is perfect. How come? I think, I think it was absolutely perfect because it's a start. How many other dudes, Adam, do you think crossed? Didn't even you, start. You crossed their mind. Mm. They know what you're going through. They know that there's, there's, there's things and they didn't even bother to say you good. And, uh, and I think, I think dudes overthink it. I think the dude who sent a note agree. from his couch and just said, you good is beautiful. And I think that if you just start there and do exactly what you guys did, I think that's the perfect formula for men. You good. You respond. It's been tough. He responds. I've been there. Let me tell you about it. You respond. This is what I'm going through now. That is exactly the right language, in my opinion. But, Lon, do you, how many guys do you think respond with that second text? Because that's everyone, a pretty freaking everyone who needs it. vulnerable. Yeah. Or is I, yeah. brave enough. When you need it. Yeah, and, and, to, and to be fair, the, the way the, uh, the exchanges worked were, you know, you good. I essentially said, no, I'm not. And, and here's why. And his first text back wasn't really about him as much as it was about me and his feelings about me and how he That's felt awesome. and what he wanted to tell me and sort of his, you know, a virtual arm around the shoulder, if you will. Right. And it's funny, Jeff, you talk about what's a dude love language. Right. To me, it was a virtual clink of beer bottles. Right. It was a virtual like, hey, buddy, I'm here for you. Cheers. Right. And then it got into. I also had something similar and that's how you sort of right. begin that, that opening door. But to Lon's point, it was basically a virtual, you know, virtual clinking of the beer bottles together. And that's kind of the, the dude love language, if you will. Yeah. But I, I felt like he needed that permission. And, and in some respects, I'm curious either, either of your perspectives on it. At some cases, I don't know if he knew, and Jeff, you kind of hit on this. I don't know if he knew how to start the conversation, mm -hmm. right? Because I had, I had a bunch of folks reach out and a lot of this starts, if you will, 
some of them were pretty awkward, right? Some of them were, you know, and I, I could tell the person was trying, but just didn't quite know how to how to phrase stuff. And actually, the you good was probably the best exchange I had with anybody because it just mm. kind of organically happened. And it didn't require me to, you know, have a have a canned answer back after a while. It actually allowed me enough space to launch point. The door opened and I could either walk into it or I could, right. you know, just put my toe in or I could just run into the room. And I decided yep. to run into the room. And I think that's the way to Lon's point, not to not to cut you off, Lon. That was sort of the way that that conversation organically kind of took shape for us. You nailed it, Adam. Yep. It's the permission. What were we going to say, Lon? Permission. Um, you, I totally agree. He, he put it out there and it was a it was an invite. It was an invite to you. And he mm -hmm. didn't know if you were going to take it or leave it. And he was putting it on you that if you wanted it, you could take it. And if you didn't, cool. He was, and my hope is he's the type of dude who the next day, if he didn't hear from you, he'd ask you again. You know, we go back to talking about Davey and his boy, Manny showing up and just dudes knowing how to show up. And that's just, a big one. Just saying yeah. good. Yeah. We don't, I don't believe that we know how to show up. And then there's a lot of different versions of why, but the version that I've been living with for a few decades is I don't think other people think I'm worth showing up. If that makes sense, my self-worth or my script of for myself is he's got other people around him and probably doesn't care if I show up or want me to show up or whatever. So a lot of times I talk myself out of showing up and that doesn't just happen for other dudes it happens you know if we do it around other dudes that means we're probably doing it around our kids around our spouses around ourselves we don't show up for ourselves to actually take care of ourselves or check in with ourselves to be like are you fucking good because like i i've been i've been on this health kick of just trying to figure things out because 50 caught me by surprise <laughs> and i was like oh shit i'm supposed to have done a lot of things by this point to check in on my health but I never even checked in with myself. You know, I never asked myself of you good because I didn't think that was appropriate. And so I think that you're right when somebody, when dudes are at least able to know that other dudes want them to show up in any way, but especially in a way that like that, that, probably helped in a healing way unlike any other mom or other family member or anybody that checked in having a male friend and i'll read a text to you that i got i sent it over to lawn because i've got a friend who sent me a text after reading the sec or hearing the second podcast and he's a guy that knows the five percent does all this stuff but he and i don't usually talk in at in this way and he sent me a text where i was like holy shit and it wasn't anything majorly deep but it was definitely his honest version about what he heard and how he loved it and i was just like god dang why can't we have more of that and i know this is i'm hoping it's all dudes listening on this podcast and no women because this is a touchy subject but women do it all the fucking time all the time they're taught how to do it. They teach the girls how to do it. They teach each other how to tell stories, how to ask fucking questions, how to share stories, how to, and then the guys are like, God damn, they haven't stopped talking. It's because they are sharing and asking and showing up for each other. And we don't, 
It's pathetic. I don't know why we don't, but there is some health to it. It is healthy and we are becoming unhealthy because of it. Dudes are as a generation, we are scientifically, it is shown not just this, but we are becoming unhealthy and our boys are more unhealthy because of it as well. We're holding it all in. So look at the risk of this becoming a, a psychology podcast, which I'm <laughs> not interested in. Let's, let's make it more fun. Let's, uh, let's get back into the cage fight of what's going on with what's going on with Jeff. So I want to, I want to, uh, just to recap, you know, Jeff, you and I talked September and then in October, and you had a moment in the podcast where I asked you a really simple question. Mm -hmm. I asked you a really simple question, and I don't know if you listened to this or not, if you went back and listened to this podcast. No, but I remember the question. But I just said, why did you reach out to me? And unexpectedly, and it's not uncommon, it's just unexpectedly at this point in our conversation, you got emotional. You got emotional about articulating why, why then, why you reached out, and what it, what the drivers were that that um, that caused you to reach out. And the things you said is, you felt squashed down for so long, and finally there was a platform where somebody is talking about the things you feel and and trying to help the people you want to help, and that you wanted to be around people like that, um, and and have impact and that you felt stuck. And then you transitioned into this product as your, as your kind of um, storyteller. This, this is the story. This was your example of, of, of something you were stuck with. And I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that emotion and that product. And I want to talk about, uh, I want to hear you talk about um, what has happened since that conversation, and you and I haven't talked about it in six months. We haven't talked about that product since then. Um, has anything happened? Have you done anything? And I'll just, I'll, I'll stop the question there. Is Give me an update on, on where you've, if anything, what's going on with that product? So um, I have for two years, well, the first part of it is, I think what I mentioned earlier about the desire or that, that thread in me that as for one, wanted to be an entrepreneur and shake things up. Um, and, uh, and then two, to kind of be a teacher or make an impact through teaching people things, the product, the digital marketing product for me. So I'm a, uh, right now a fractional chief marketing officer. So I, and I own a marketing firm. And, um, and so I help, you know, maybe six, seven, eight companies at a time. But over the last handful of years, I've wanted to scale it, but not scale it in a way of just growing it to make more money or top line revenue or whatever, but scale it for impact. How could I take these tools and, and my thoughts and things and then take it to thousands? And, um, and try something differently. And so that's what that product was. But for two years, I just would start and stop and start and stop. And, and it really was, it got to that point where when you challenged me to be curious, I had my image wrapped up in all of it. If anything goes wrong with it or 
anyone says anything negatively, oh shit, that's my image and it's, I must be wrong. Um, I must be, uh, you know, snake oil salesman and all those kinds of things. I have all these stories about it. And so since you and I talked, um, it started in little baby steps of, I put it out to the normal 40 group, uh, one of the tools and just said, I'm curious, you know, and what was fascinating to me is I got a ton of comments back on the topic of curiosity, the way that I wrote that, the way you challenged me about being curious, the, it was interesting to me that the idea of curiosity took over the ego and the image thing. When I was curious about something, it has nothing to do with my ego or image or anything. I just wanted, I honestly did want to know how it could help people. And I, I got great feedback. There were a couple dozen people that downloaded that thing for free and, uh, and, but I never reached out to one single person because I didn't want to know if it didn't work. I was petrified that it didn't work for them. So I left all those people alone. I still, since then, that was what, eight, nine months ago, I, I haven't talked to any one of those people to keep being curious. I took the first step of curiosity, which I was super proud of, and you challenged me there. And I was like, I did it. And then the rest of it, I was petrified. Since then, I've done a couple bigger versions of that. And then gotten to the same point where I'm like, oh shit. And so, so I launched not only one product, I put all the digital marketing tools together into a 12 week training program to help consultants like me build their consulting business. So it's six weeks of how to, how I have built multiple consulting companies, marketing companies. So it's the first six weeks is, um, all the internal tools, how to do proposals, how to do all this other stuff. Then the second six weeks are the actual marketing things I sell. And I'm trying to teach people how to sell those and make more money on them. Cause I want people to have the freedom that I've had the time to be with my kids, the freaking chance to be in Salt Lake city with my daughter at a volleyball tournament right now is because I have my own consulting company and I can freaking leave and get on the road. But I stopped again. So I built this whole thing in Kajabi and I did all this shit. And that's why I was trying to pull ideas from you, Lon, on like, how'd you do it? Just tell me exactly how you do it. I'm going to follow your roadmap on your product. I'm going to do the exact same thing. And I did it all. I built it all. And then I stepped away the last month. I was like, oh shit. So I keep going through these cycles, which is now I'm in a curiosity stage of, I see it happening. I'm not judging myself or shaming myself like I used to. I'm just like, all right. I walked away from it again. Now, what could I be curious about? I keep putting that question like you asked me and I keep putting that question to myself. Well, now it's a new question though. I know. Dude, the next question is what's the pattern? You know, and you just told me what it was. Yeah. You want me to tell you what your pattern is? You have great ideas. Question. You have yeah. great ideas in something in a, in a world you know. Yeah. You get excited about good ideas. Hold on. You just let me talk here. You get excited about good ideas and you immediately use your instincts to put them to work and you know they're good. They're so good, you want to tell people about them. So you go out and you tell a few people in your inner workings, your inner circle about this great idea and they get excited. And you get excited when they're excited. Yeah. You then continue down the path of creating a product. You do the hard work of, of creating a product that is at some version of ready. It's not perfect. It's not done, but it's ready. And then 
um, you take the, the next step of maybe, and this is where your problem starts. This is, this is where um, your, your, I call it a problem. I don't know if it's a problem or not, but, but this is where things start to break down for you in your pattern. Your pattern is, okay, now it's time to put it out there and, and test it and get feedback. And then it's time to follow up and get that feedback. And then it's time to reiterate that. You do great on the product creation, generation, inspiration piece of it. And I'm here to tell you, if you could, if, if you sat down and you scripted, what is this pattern? Where do I quit? Where do I fall out? And, and in that pattern, I bet, Jeff, there's part of that pattern. I bet part of these dudes in Normal 40 who you gave this to, part of knowing that you've just left them there is keeping you up. Part of oh, it is yeah. you anxiety. Part of it is Matt, you being mad at you for letting that for being a chicken shit again, not, not help them. Yeah. And you're Absolutely. frustrated by it. And that's where the anxiety curve comes in. You've done all the work, you've done everything you know you can do. And now it's time for proof and you go on to the next exciting thing. And then, and you let that kind of go. And then here's what you'll do in about three months from now, you'll go back to that group and apologize. You say, oh, I'm sorry, okay, I want to try this again and let's get going. And maybe, maybe you'll, you'll carry it on or maybe it'll happen again. This is my challenge for you now, man. Figure out what that pattern is and then figure out how you're going to fix it. Here's, an, here's one way. You do you. You do everything you're great at and you keep doing it and you keep riding that passion. But at the point you've decided this is a good idea. And at the point you start to write the, pro the program, you start to create the product, bring someone in. Bring someone in because you're going to fall out of love with the operation of it. You will. That is your pattern. You can't make yourself love the operation of it. But there are people you can hire who will love the operation of your product. If you had somebody that you could hand your dream off to and they could love it, and you could help guide and mentor and give it 10% of your time instead of 80% of your time, you wouldn't be burdened with the, with the angst of saying, gosh, I let these guys down again because somebody's loving it for you. Mm. Shit, man, you be, then they're loving it and you're off to your next thing. You're off mm -hmm. to the next thing. And, uh, and if you break into the cycle, you break into that cycle that, that you just articulated to me, it gives you a whole new energy to keep building your business. Mm -hmm. Do you know how I am so familiar with this tendency? I share it. I share this. I share the same thing. I'm a much better starter than I'm a finisher. Much better. I fall out of love with the operational aspect of it. And, and what did you tell love. me keeps you up at night? That keeps me up at night is feeling like yeah. I'm not providing the value that people are expecting and when, that, when not always, but when, when I'm disengaged, when I'm moving on to the next thing, when, when I am not showing up for them the way I think they should expect me to show up when I'm letting them, know, I, when I feel I'm I, letting them down. It, I learned a lot from our conversation about this topic before. And the fact that you're bringing it up again reminds me, cause I, are you cool if I tell a piece of the story? You can tell the whole story, man. And Adam, I'm coming back to you to ask you the same question of a version of things that, because it's, it's amazing to me that as soon as you started this podcast and started doing this with Lon, I was, I had a respect level for you, even not having ever met you. Um, 
that you could have the follow through to keep it going. <laughs> like that's how much I know that I wouldn't be able to is like, fuck that dude is awesome because I bet he's just going to keep his podcast going over and over, but I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you the, the buffer time to think about this. Adam is, are there things that, is there a cycle like that, that you have had of, maybe their ideas or maybe their conversations or maybe their pattern, any of that kind of pattern of there's a, there's a drop off and that's when you go do something else. But Lon, um, you, I'm going to step away from the computer to get my charger, but I'm going to keep talking. So you and I talked about the, um, the idea that you, what keeps you up at night is not just that, you're not providing value, but the fact that dudes are paying money when they, the exchange in value changed, putting posts out there for free on LinkedIn is great because there are no expectations, right? The expectation is just your own. But as soon as that value exchange changes, and I realize that I've now flipped the script on you, but I'm doing this because I learned from this example. But, um, as soon as people started paying any amount of money, $1, $10, $25, that freaked you out because then there's an expectation. You think there is an expectation that you better sure should be providing more value now because they're paying for something bigger than the free version. And that kept you up at night because you started it. It was exciting. People were so fucking pumped to be in that group and have another version. And then you walked away from it because there was so much other shit going on, right? And my comment to you was like, I, there are no more expectations. We just wanted a more lawn, more version, more opportunities for this. And so has that changed for you? Because you went and created something else. You went and created the news, the, you know, the letters, email subscription and things like that. Was that part of the pattern of like starting a thing and then trying to recreate the value? Um, it's a great question. And I think I can say this sincerely that the answer to that is no. No. Um, what I created the newsletter for, for different reasons, but I redoubled down my efforts on all of my anywhere where I'm getting paid and there's only two. So it's mm -hmm. not like, it's not like there's a, there's a, there's a big, there's a whole bunch of options here, but everywhere I'm getting paid, I'm making sure that that is where I am focusing my time. That's a great uh, idea. And so that's a version of what you asked me of like, that's right. And I, you I figured out my looked own cycle. at the drop and you went back up. Yeah. That I wouldn't have thought of that. You got to go simple. back to where it breaks apart. And look, I'm, I can yeah. talk about this with such passion because I am living this. I am. Yeah. When you go back up to where does this, where does the cycle break apart and what, what is the solution? If it was working perfectly, what would the solution be that you'd put there? Well, if the answer isn't, I can't make myself love it. I've proven to myself through my patterns. I can't make myself love it. Is there a way for me to do something else? And if the answer is no, then you should quit. Yeah. If the answer is yeah, I can hire someone. Yes, I can create an automation. Yes, yeah. I can, whatever. If there's if there's a solution where it starts to fall apart that can continue to love it. And I think that's the right word. Because if you're not doing something you love, if you're not willing yeah, it to make to it so beautiful, you'd hang it on your refrigerator, you shouldn't be doing it. So if you, if you can't find something that's going to continue to love your idea the way you did when you came up with it, kill it. 
kill it. So I think I mentioned that to you that in, in entrepreneurship or in startups or whatever, it's the, the path of disillusionment. It's this, you know, this curve. And as soon as, and there's a lot of reasons for why dudes come down on that curve. Things might get hard. There might be external macro factors that are making things, you know, just uh, like Silicon Valley bank and shit like that, that is, or for me, it's boredom or it's, or the potential risk of, um, of, you know, hurting my image or whatever you start to come down that slope and you bounce. And that's where guys get depressed. That's where the business, they move on to something new. That's where I create something, a version of it or some other thing. So if you don't notice that you're sliding down that and what you're saying is be aware of it, go back up the curve and figure out where it started and then just try to flatten that thing out a little bit or create another, you know, take that life cycle curve, but take it back up um, and you can, you can manufacture that. I haven't ever thought of it that way. Here's the tool. It's simple. And if anybody's listening and this is resonating with you, it is a powerful and simple tool. First, write down the pattern. There might be four steps and there might be 14, but the pattern you go through and you, you're, you know, we, we articulated yours. We don't need to do it again. And then view that pattern with your excitement level and your anxiety mm -hmm. level. And wherever your excitement starts to dwindle on that pattern as you're going down it or however you write it, if you wrote it from top to bottom and wherever your passion and interest, it, it starts to feel like it's a job, whatever line that's on. If you've got 10 things, it's on line four that's where you need a solution. And mm -hmm. if you can't fix it at number four, you're not going to fix it at number eight. It's going to, you're yeah. by then it's gonna get and, worse. And five, six, seven, eight, that's anxiety. That is anxiety, brewing, growing guilt, all that shit. You, you, you created your business to avoid. You're building it for yourself. So you've did you already it. create a visual for this. Yeah. Will you please? Absolutely. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got it. It's drawn. You know me, man. <laughs> Everything I do is it's <laughs> It's in uh, my handwriting, but you better believe I've got it. And, uh, but yeah, that, it's a simple tool, but go back in there and where can you insert something else so that you don't have to love it from four to yeah. 10, but it can still be, it can still work. And if you can't find a tool, kill it or shelf it, but kill it for yeah. now, go on to the next thing. Or all you're going to do is create anxiety. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, it's interesting that you guys are talking about it in this context. I, I was kind of dealing with something similar. So I'll, I'll separate really quickly. So for me, there's there's work, right? There's nine to five, you know, W-2, paycheck, pay the bills. And and I think that's actually what kind of brought me to lawn is some of my discontent and, and that bubble. And you said something earlier, Jeff, that, you know, I talk a lot about with people I mentor. I feel like it just inherently at some point in your career, you kind of get to the, to the phase. And I think it's around the 40 year plus mark where you want to stop doing and start teaching. And, mm -hmm. and I very definitively hit that mark. And I said, I, I don't want to have to you know, make the widget, but I want to tell you how to make the widget. And, th and that's kind of the transitional mindset that brought me to normal 40. But I'll talk a little bit about what I do from a passion standpoint. So um, some of you may or may not know, this is one of four different podcasts that I do. And I started off just doing an all strictly sports podcast. It was all about one particular school, UCF, which you see a bunch of stuff behind me here. And it was, that's all it was, it was all about UCF. And two years into the show, it got kind of boring and kind of what Lon was talking about. It got kind of boring. But what, what I experience more is complacency. And so I go back to the original formula and I go, where can I evolve? Right. So what I did what got me to a certain point and I had contentment. But now I'm starting to get that downslope. 
And I always go back and go, how can I evolve? How can I take this to 2.0? How can I make this to 3.0? And that sort of invigorates me and gets me back up on the, on the hump of the roller coaster. But you're listening to this show because I was on a bit of a, a bit of a downward yeah. slope because I was sick of just talking about sports all the time. I had other thoughts. I had other things I want to talk about. I run across Lon. I pitch him a podcast. And here we are. And for me, that's kind of how and if in a funny way, that's made my other shows better. Because it's kind of reinvigorated my my love for doing this, my passion for doing this, that I now can take that positive energy and I can now throw it over to the other projects I'm working on. Now, I will tell you on, on my other show, I'm getting to that downward slope again where I'm thinking, OK, what's next? I've been doing the same bits for two years. I've been doing the same stuff for two years. How do I do something different? So I'm getting back on that on that small slope. But I find the energy comes from sort of taking that idea and kind of making something a little bit different with it. And for some reason, that always brings me back to the original idea and allows me to, to get more ingrained and kind of fall in love with that idea again. So I kind of battle complacency by evolution. All right. I got so, it to here. How do I evolve it to, to 2.0 or 3.0 or wherever I'm at in that phase? That's awesome that you are that clear on what that pattern is. But if this is if if this podcast is a byproduct of that pattern, which I'm glad it is because that means we all met each other and have these discussions. That means at some point this will slope downward, yeah. right? Can you already prevent that from happening since you know that it's a pattern and how do you on it in every podcast, every, every day, every month, whatever, how do you keep that level more level instead of dropping down in this podcast? Is there a way, does that make sense? It does. And, and here, here's why. So this is where communication is huge, right? You know, you and I are looking at the, the, the second chair on the show, right? That's Lon. So it, this is a, this is a two man operation. And, and for those who've listened to normal 40, you've probably seen or experienced a couple of different things in the last few months. One, we went to an episode a week. Now, I'll save you the logistics behind how we pull that off. But we decided, hey, you know what? There's there's something else we can keep doing here. So we we had 1.0, which was every other week. Lon and I were on here doing a pretty strict, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna take care of each other's show. And then the we had the after hours ramble, which is a little bit more like Adam and Lon are at a bar hanging out and whatever kind of comes up, comes up. Then that became part of the uh, of the construct. Now, a lot of you are going to start seeing and experiencing lately a, a YouTube presence, a video presence will come out of this as well. Right. So that's a, a, a 2.1 version of this, too. So I think for, for me, what's helpful is is having the right partner having along the journey, person. because yeah. if Lon said, I have no interest in that, dude, I want to do one hour every other week and leave me alone after that. Then, sure, I would probably feel a certain way about that. And then you might see this show end faster than it could. But because you have somebody who's reciprocal in that same kind of thought process and what he described to you earlier is, is he's a dreamer, man. Like he's I got a great idea. I got a great idea. I got a crazy idea. And I think we blend really well because I'm a little bit different than what both of you described. I, I have a lot of ideas, but I talk myself out of them before I even get into execution. The mm -hmm. ones that I actually have the balls to go and do then become this, right? Yeah. And I'll give you a perfect example. So I'm doing a, any number of, of, of shows a week, a four podcast that I'm currently running. And I had a buddy of mine who was like, dude, why don't you start your own business? Why don't you just become like some sort of a, you know, a, a production company and start working with people? You don't have to be on the shows, but teach them the ropes, show them how to do this, put all the stuff together. And I did exactly kind of what Lon did. I was like, ah, who's going to buy that? Who's, I mean, there's a million pod, everyone's got a podcast out there. I mean, like Lon's cat has a podcast at this point. Like everybody has a show <laughs> at this point. Who, that would be a hit. 
where's the market for this? How am I ever going to do that? And he was like, dude, just write it up and make a website and do all this stuff. And kind of like Lon, when I got to the point of, of writing a dollar value into what I bring, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I stared at my computer screen and the cursor was just blinking back and forth, back and forth. And I had the dollar sign there and I could not hit the next key. And I still, I, I actually think at some point I did, hit, did put a number in there, but it hasn't seen the light of day. And so that's where Lon kind of brings the best out of me is he'll bring these ideas and they're crazy enough, but he's also part of the execution journey. And that's where, and if I'm being honest about vulnerabilities, I kind of need that crutch. I mm. need that, that metaphorical armor on the shoulder. Like, Hey man, this is going to work. Let's go do this together. I, I kind of thrive off that energy, but if you just leave it to me, then yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. And I'll, and I'll share one more really quickly. Lon, um, I don't know how much he wants to reveal, but Lon, uh, as, as many of you know, is working on a book. Um, and, and I've always wanted to write a book. I have no idea what it'd be about. I have some loose ideas, but Lon's ability to do that has inspired me to start thinking about, could I pull that off? wonder if I could do that too. Like I just, Lon's walked me through how he did it. I've heard about a lot about the process. So I'm energized when I see other people do it, but I'm often the idea. I'm the idea, man. I got like 30 ideas on this whiteboard next to me. And, and I often get paralyzed with which one do I want to start first? How do I start? And I think that's where mm -hmm. I'm a little different than, than I guess what I've heard from you two so far. Let me just but it's the, it's hold on, let, let very me complimentary. Yeah. There's a saying we've all heard and it's some version of you become like the six or eight people you hang around. Yeah. And to add to that, you become like the six or eight people you admire. I posted about that this morning, accidentally, not knowing, but the people you admire and what you, who you admire changes with age and what you admire them for changes with age. And in the normal 40, you start to admire people. You don't admire the people who have, the nice things anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't admire the people who have the big jobs as much anymore. You respect them. It's don't get that wrong, yeah. but you, you don't admire them. You admire the people who do life well with other people and people who motivate you to do a little bit more than what you thought you were capable of doing. And I hope that normal 40 creates. And I look, I just heard both of you tell stories. Both of you tell stories about how being in this conversation with dudes just like you who are just wired slightly different can help you along that journey, which is exactly what Normal 40 is. That's, that's all I want it to be is this place to provide some courage. And Jeff, I'm telling you, the moment you're willing to put do two things, accept that um, – you are good and accept that you've got a product that's ready and accept that um, your image can handle this and you can just put your image down. Even if it doesn't work, this product you're thinking about launching, the moment you accept that and just lean into it with curiosity and say, I am so curious to know if this is going to sell 10 or a thousand. Let's find out. Let's just, and just treat it with curiosity and be the guy you are, be ready to be the guy you are at the back end of that. Instead of worrying about the guy you are going into it, it'll radically change. And the same with Adam, man, uh, dude, writing a book, it'll, it's the, it's the best possible thing you can do, but I'm going to go back before that. I, I love, look what you've done for this podcast from a dude. Look, we did, we did 16 episodes before you and I met. And I like to think that they're above average podcasts. And 
man, that's not me. I don't, I don't get credit for that. That's you. You approached me. You pitched it. You convinced me. You produced it. You published it. You put it out there. All I had to do was show up. You got a talent, man. And the moment you are curious enough to say, let's see if somebody will give me insert dollar here. Don't care about the dollar right now. That's not what you're curious about. You're not curious about how much. You're curious about if. Put a dollar sign in there. Put a number. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. Once that you can prove that if, the dollar signs, will, they'll start figuring themselves out. So my advice to both of you guys, man, sir, keep, keep this dialogue going. Keep this dialogue going with dudes. Um, and the whole thing about Normal 40 with Rambles is I'm pretty convinced that when I hit join meeting, and I've done it probably almost 300 times in the last nine months. Every time I hit join meeting, I don't know who I'm going to be connected with. And I don't know what we're going to talk to. But in every conversation, there's probably a 70 or 80, maybe even a 90% chance that the conversation they're going to have with me, the dude from the internet, the same, by the way, for each of you at one point in the last year, I was the dude from the internet. I'm pretty sure that I am probably the most intimate conversation these people are going to have in their entire month, if not longer. And what they, what people are really starving for is someone to say, you good? Yep. You good? Can we, man, you get, Adam, you get this business going. You good? You want to talk about this? You, I've, I've done it. You want to, Jeff, you good? You got this product you're, you're thinking about here. You good, man. You want to want to talk about this? You want to, what's holding you back, man? I just think that, um, showing up curious and it's on us too to go out and seek those conversations, show up curious. And I think one by one, you plant the seeds of change for lives everywhere. And it's so fun to do that. Jeff, is there a part of you that feels like you and I just got called into the principal's office? Yeah. 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 No, you guys are the <laughs> professors, man. Are you kidding me? If that's what it sounded like, I didn't mean it. I mean it. No, I, 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 I'm yeah, your fan no. right now. I Look, I'm telling you. Hearing you guys talk about the stuff you want to do and me knowing how capable you are of doing it, I'm beside myself going, dude, how, how can I, how can I, what, how can I help you guys, yeah. man? Do it. Yeah. Do I, it. I mean that more in the sense of you kind of just got to hear what you needed to hear. Right. And, and you, you know, principal's office, you know, you're in trouble, you know what you did wrong. You get to the principal's office and they put it in your face and you kind of have to sit there and live with the, the shame yeah. or the guilt or whatever. Right. That, that was you basically saying, Hey, I, I know both of you too. Here's what, here's what you have to do. But I think what's helpful about normal 40 and I'll admit, I haven't done a good job of this, Jeff. And I admire that you've done this because I've seen it on, on the group pages is you put yourself out there, right? You ask the questions and, and you interact with the group. And that's something I, I haven't really necessarily taken advantage of, but kind of hearing, hearing your story and, and kind of hearing about you, I'm, my mind's running with, I wonder if there's a way that Jeff and I could connect. I wonder if there's something that maybe he knows about the way to market this podcast differently. There's the, the way to market what we're doing. I, I'm thinking all the ideas around how do we, how do we connect? And I think that's, that's the beauty of a normal 40 is, and, and something that as I'm hearing this, that I need to commit to is putting back as much as you take out. Right. We've taken a yeah. lot out from Lon. We've taken a lot out from the group. How do you deposit that back into the rest of the group? I got a small part of it maybe doing this podcast, but my mind's kind of turning with how can I how can I make more deposits in normal 40? I've making plenty of withdrawals. How do I make yeah. more and make more deposits overall? 
I do think that uh, another way to say that and the, the way I've heard it over the years has been give first or provide the value first and the, you know, the value will come back to you in sometimes monetary or other ways. But as soon as I turn in something to the help, the deposits, the helping, how many people can I help get unstuck in growing their business or, you know, through marketing or other ways um, that's then that changes the script in my head from being, how the fuck am I going to make money from this? And how much time is this going to take? Is this my job? You know, think Lon, things you pointed out before of like, I'm scared of this becoming my new job and and being tied down. There's all these other things, but as soon as I put it on the recipient and just like you said a little bit of it, the three of us have this in common or maybe it's identical, but we articulate it in three different, completely different ways in the way we action it. But we want to help as many people as possible so that they don't get stuck like us, or they, maybe we can, we can help them through it or just be literally standing next to them, but we do it in three different ways. And I love, I just wrote it down and I'm going to keep it close to me for a long time, motivating me to do more of what I'm capable of long when you, and I don't think you're faking this when you say that what you believe I'm capable of and what Adam's capable of, I would bet the two of us know it in our heads, but we would never admit it or say it about ourselves, you know, and to hear somebody else say it, that's another thing I think is sad and also amazing about dudes. They don't say that to each other. Like Adam, I have a whole list of things that I bet you could fucking kill it at. But because you analyze it so much up front, whereas Lon and I are like, fuck it, step right into it. And then, you know, the risk, our scary risk is the consistent execution of things that scares the shit out of me. But for you, Adam, like the risky part is stepping into that first idea and launching a thing. And then you don't even question like doing 50 episodes and all the logistics of a podcast. That scares the shit out of me because I'm worried about letting people down because I forgot something or you should have seen Lon and I try discussing options of trying to get a podcast out there without you the other day of that first one where we're like, oh shit, dude, I got a question for you. How the hell are we like, it was identical and we knew that each other, we were scared of like, uh, is this going to work? But you have such a gift and it's on the the long tail stuff um, and stepping into the risky idea, launching that idea yeah, to us sounds crazy easy, but I know that it's, it's just the opposite version, but um, I am super excited to help other, to motivate other dudes to do more of what they're capable of. Cause I have a whole list for the two of you of what I think you're both capable of. And I know you do of me as well. And so holding each other in that version of accountability of like, uh-uh, I know for a fucking fact that you have made a difference in hundreds and hundreds of dudes' lives, Adam, by putting this idea of a podcast out there and taking it to lawn. I'm getting the texts from friends about the episode that I was on, the ramble that, that Lon put out there without your blessing. And he tried to and did a great job of putting out there. You have now created a ripple that won't stop. It is now I'm the third ripple of the ripple you started. And that is fucking amazing. And I know you would never think that about yourself or it may be hard to hear about yourself, 
but I'm telling you, it is a fact. You started a thing. The second ripple is lawn. You guys invited me in. I created a third, like little ripple. And now they're the fourth ripple and fifth and on are these other dudes doing little things and you fucking started it. So you can't. So now the pattern for you has changed. I think Adam is that there is proof that you stepped into an idea and it is going. So the book idea, yeah, it's scary, but now you've got proof on this pattern. You changed part of the script. You've added to the script. So nice job. I'm going to hire Jeff just to walk around. I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you <laughs> off the hook now. Dude. Yeah, I'm going to hire Jeff just to walk around with me all day and just introduce me like, to people. Let's, and Let's do the book you know, today yeah. before you uh, talk yourself out of it. Well, let, I know we've, we've gone a little long in this one, but Jeff, I do want to end on this note. Um, and it's kind of a more philosophical question and, and uh, more of an advice question. So somebody out there is listening to this and they've been listening for a while. They've been reading Lon's stuff for a while, just like you and I did initially, right? And they're still on the fence about, making that connection about sending that email about making that phone call can you describe for you how that first initial phone call and what you did and your connection with lon how that has changed who you are today and if somebody's sitting on the fence about not doing that what advice would you give them if somebody's sitting on the fence of just not taking an action in any way they've got they've got Um, the email written to lon but they won't hit send so you said the the phone call when we got on the phone call. It was before that when I I sent Lon a message on LinkedIn, and I think I just wrote it and hit send before I could edit it or change it or do anything because it felt weird. It felt like it felt needy. It felt like for sure he was reading it and be like, "Who's this fucking dude that wants to like get on the phone with me?" When he's the one that was like. Let's get on the phone to everybody. You know, you put out the invitation. But even with that, when he replied in a way that was welcoming, that, that I was so nervous to have said, hey, I would love to connect with you because I feel like we're all reading into things, everything. Just like, well, why is this person wanting to reach out? What are they selling? You know, what's, what's in it for them? What's in it for me? Whatever. When he replied back with something that was so welcoming, it it still, I remember the feeling. This was nine months ago. I was like, oh my God, he that was without judgment. That was interest. That was curiosity. That was all these things. And I was like, holy crap, that is freaking amazing. And he and I have some amazing threads, text threads in, uh, in LinkedIn. Um, so the thing that it, what I visualize, because I I can remember the visualization of things more than I can remember the words or the sayings of things. But when it's visual to me, it stays. And that was, again, a ripple of I hit send and started something tiny. Like it was it maybe it was just going to be a ripple that just no one ever saw again. He then did the same. And it's And these little ripples, that is a version of saying, just start. Like, you're not going to be able to sit down tomorrow, Adam, and write the entire outline and a quick summary on every chapter of your book. It's, there's no fucking way. That's such a big undertaking. But if you just started a ripple, you actually did because you said it on here. That actually makes shit happen when you say it. You just said it. 
you just started a ripple that you're not going to be able to take back because Lon and I won't let you. My message to Lon on LinkedIn was a ripple that has now started other things. So the thing that I want to help other dudes do and that you guys have helped me do is just what ripples do I want to start? Because those in the water, they don't, they don't go away. They just keep on going. And that is what the message to Lon was in LinkedIn that started something. That's what our phone call did. That's what then turned to this. We all have versions of it and it's impacting other people and we probably will never ever hear it. We don't know, we'll never know what those ripples did for other people unless they do send us a message, unless they text, you good? Um, but just know that they are making a massive difference because they start adding up. Well, Jeff, you've made a huge difference, I think, in the in the community. So first off, I think Lon and I will both tip our caps. We're both wearing hats to you for your vulnerability and letting us share your story and being so open about who you are and how you're feeling and what's going through your mind. Um, so I think first and foremost, everybody in the community, you would talk ripples. I think you've created a ripple now that I hope more people are going to start you know, getting into our inboxes and asking to be part of this and wanting to I have so. their story shared. And, and Lon and I can do more things like this too. So first off, you deserve a really, uh, a really Thanks, hearty tip of the cap for the vulnerability of being up here. Secondly, I, I think, you know, for, for me, one of the things that I'll take away from this and, you know, pre-show meeting that we talked about, which was all of about, you know, 62 seconds, you know, Jeff had said, Hey, I'd love for you guys to talk about me and me not say anything. So, um, so Jeff <laughs> sitting in the zoom. So I'll, st- I'll, I'll share what I just took away from this entire conversation. Lon, and I'd love your perspective as well. Uh, my mind is churning with when I thought about normal 40, I thought of, I need help. I need something. And sitting here for the last hour and 13 minutes, Jeff has got my mind thinking, how can I help others? Um, and, and, and that, that to me is such a powerful opportunity that, that I have, that you have Lon, that you have Jeff, that we all have as part of this community, that my mind's turning. How can I help others? Who else out there, you know, needs something? How else can I offer that inspiration? So just in this conversation alone, I think it, it, it crystallized for me. Um, it's about the next one as well. It's not just about me and how can I help that, that other person? Um, and obviously Jeff's thought process and, and, and kind of calling out some stuff, I think is always great as well. But that's my, my biggest takeaway from this concept is, you know, Jeff's a guy who's literally committed to figuring out how he can help the next person. And, and if we want normal 40 lawn to be what your vision is, what all of our visions are, um, I think we all have to take that same thought process. So Lon, that's my big takeaway from, from our conversations with Jeff. Uh, he's still in the chat here. He's in the zoom, uh, but uh, I can, I can silence him if needed, but what are your, what are your takeaways after now? What has been three uh, very hearty, very, um, uh, very impactful episodes with, uh, with Jeff. It reinforces a whole bunch of things actually that, that we've, we've talked about. Um, and the first is the namesake for the entire movement is normal 40. It, that, that isn't an accidental name. Um, we, we don't feel like what we're going through is normal, but it is. We, we feel like by the time we're in midlife, we should have it figured out, and we don't. And, and there's, a, there's a change that happens. And, man, when you just accept that you're going through a change and you show up for it, instead of trying to stave it off, you just lean into it. And you guys leaned into it by calling me. I leaned into it by just telling my story. And these are the, these are the, the ripples we talk about. Um, but, but I, uh, I'm taken away from it that when you show up, when you finally put yourself in a position, wherever you are, wherever you are to hear my voice, 
when you finally put yourself in a position to be vulnerable with someone in some way where you're not necessarily there to take, neither one of you guys showed up to me to take from me. I never felt that way ever. But when you reached out to me, I knew, I knew because I, I every day I get the messages every day. I knew you, I knew you were looking for something. I, I say it all the time in my posts. If you're finding me, you're searching. If you're on LinkedIn, you're searching. And, and that's, that's fine. But what you need is an intimate conversation with somebody you, you admire, you aspire to be like somebody who's just a step or two up the road from you. And when you have those conversations and you build a community and hopefully that that's what we do in normal 40, we build that community to where you can have these conversations. Um, you can have intimate conversations that matter and they actually get you off, off center and, and get you moving. Um, so that's, that's my biggest, that's my biggest takeaway, man. Lon, for anybody who wants to get involved with Norma 40 and learn more and, and have more opportunities, um, shameless plug time. Where can people find you? How can they interact with you? Where are all the places that you show up? You can find me most on LinkedIn. That's where I show up almost every day. And if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you've already showed up there. Um, I've got a closed group in LinkedIn. You can, every now and then I put a link to that in there. You have to be invited, or I should say it differently. You have to ask to get in, find that link, send me an ask, and uh, you can get in there. Uh, and then go to normal40.com. You can find all this on normal40.com. I've got a couple of things going on in there. One, you can sign up for my newsletter called The Rambler. I hate to call it a newsletter because there's no news in it. It's just messages from me to you. Um, and that's, that's what they intend to be. So go in there, sign up, free deal. And then I am redoubling down my effort in the normal 40, the insider, which is a, which is a paid community. It's $25 a month. And I show up there regularly and it's dudes just like us in conversations, just like this in that community. And I'm trying to make it as easy as it can possibly be for you to have a community where you can come in and have conversations and not have to worry about your image. It's not LinkedIn. You don't have to have a title in there. You don't have to be anybody but yourself in there. Come in, um, and come into the community and, and meet the people who are in there. And if I do that right, that's where the ripples will start. Um, and so I'm super excited about that. Be on the lookout for the trade. Uh, I'm super hopeful that I've got, I'm, I'm making some progress on my endorsements, be on the lookout for that in the, I think that's probably as many plugs as I can afford right now. Well, I'll throw one more in there. If you're listening to the show and again, you like what you hear, do us a couple of favors. One, hit subscribe. Uh, that way it'll pop in your feed every time you do that. Two, uh, if you'd be so kind, you have two options to review the podcast. You can leave just a rating. Most players have a rating. Uh, five stars seems to be the the, the top echelon. Uh, if, if you think we've earned five stars, we'd love to be able to get that five-star rating. You can also write out a review. So take some time, write out an actual review. Let us know what you think of the show. Helps us make sure we're delivering the content you need. Also helps us have the ability to grow the show as well. So anything you can do to support the podcast uh, is much appreciated. Lana's giving me a finger although not that one <laughs> one more thing i i, I um youtube normal 40 tv sure. uh, we're gonna put these on there so look i don't know why you'd want to look at three dudes staring at each other on a screen rather than just listen to us but i'm putting i'm gonna start putting more and more things in there as dudes give me permission to post things i'm gonna i of course put some things in my private community that are just closed and locked down with people's permission um, but I'm going to put some rambles and more things out on normal 40 TV. It's, you got to search for it. YouTube, normal 40 TV with Lon Stroshine. You can find the link on my website though, too, but, uh, hop in there, subscribe there. And, uh, you get to, you get to actually see our smiling faces.
And he said he was out of plugs. Look at that. Unbelievable. All right. Well, for Jeff and Lon, I'm Adam. Thank you for listening to No More 40, the podcast. We'll see you all on the next page. Mm-hmm.